Hi there, welcome to Value Through Vulnerability. I'm your host, Gary Turner, and today I'm very, very privileged to bring you another Have Courage conversation with the superb Kenny Marmarella de Cruz. Kenny is affectionately known as the Man Whisperer. Um, he has a passion for turning lost boys in survival mode into self-aware, self-respecting men, living their mission in a healthy, creative life. He's a wonderful human. I was grateful to be invited onto his men's radio station earlier in 2019 after we connected via this online summit, and he really is doing incredible work. Um, three of the major takeaways for me from this confirmation, uh, conversation were around self-acceptance and the importance of us um, trying to accept ourselves and who we are. Um, setting boundaries was an important reflection for me from our conversation. And again, and this came up previously with Peter Bregman, truly feel your feelings. Don't be afraid of them understand where they're coming from, where, you know, how they're arising and the data point they're sharing with you in the moment. I just think it's such a rich conversation with Kenny. He really is a superb um, human with an amazing story, personal story he shares vulnerably throughout this conversation. So please do join us in conversation. We're really appreciative. Um, you can find Kenny's contact details both in the show notes but also within the free Have Courage ebook, which contains all 23 of these in embedded interviews plus the takeaways and you can find all of these details in the show notes of this podcast and until the next conversation thank you so much for joining us and if anything does resonate with you particularly he and i've greatly share, uh, appreciate hearing from you via um, social media or directly welcome to the have courage summit a summit dedicated to helping you get out of your own way and to help unleash some of that potential that sits within you so today i'm really grateful to welcome Mr. Kenny Marmarella de Cruz, FRSA, onto the summit. So Kenny is affectionately known as the Man Whisperer. He's done work with Mother Teresa, worked in refugee camps, and to me already is actually a real inspiration. I'd like to welcome you to the summit. Thank you. Thank you so much. And good on you being able to pronounce my name. <laughs> <laughs> I, did practice, I did practice a little bit, I won't lie. <laughs> so would you mind giving maybe a bit more of an expanded introduction? You know, what, what are you passionate about? Um, Kenny, and give a bit more of a wider introduction to who you are and uh, you know what you do. Yeah, do you know, I, I guess that um, because I was a bit of a basket case in that I had lots of mental health issues, um, the only one that people could see was Tourette's, where I'd twitch and grunt and pick myself and things like that. Other than that, I had OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, body dysmorphia, eating disorders, depression, suicidal tendencies, all of that since I was a child. Um, and it was all kind of post-traumatic stress disorder. And it would be easy to say that it's Idi Amin's fault because we were on his death list. Uh, the Secret Service were after my family in Uganda. Um, but it was before that. It was my family traumas and dramas. Uh, and I think every family has whatever issues they have. And one very common one is alcoholism. Um, it could be just narcissism or compulsive liars or, you know, all, all sorts of abuse. I needed to, so in this country, I was brought up in a small town in um, South Wales um, and it was quite poor. So I needed to somehow sort myself out and become a decent chap. Um, with very little help because, you know, I'm 54 now. So in those days, no one had heard of these things. Mm -hmm. uh, so I learned to unlearn these things, calm myself down and sort myself out. So I had a decent shot at survival. Uh, and I was used to uh, taking care of 
people um, mm -hmm. and not really existing that much. I guess I was a bit of a, a mummy's boy. I had the Oedipal thing. <clears throat> and at the age of seven, uh, my father said, you may never see me again and you're the head of the family now. So suddenly wow. there was a seven-year-old boy um, doing the job and pretending to be a man. And then as a young man, um, I was still doing that job. I made a personality out of it because it was all I could do. My, my father was um, actually smuggled out of Uganda on execution day. So we saw him, um, I think it was about nine months later. Uh, but I carried on with that role. And much as other people respected me as a half-decent man, something wasn't right until I could become my own man rather than, you know, am I uh, handing my power over to other people to see if they say I'm okay? Am I going to be abandoned, humiliated, respected? Am I getting away with it? Am I going to be loved? Am I going to be found out? Whatever. And I needed to turn that around and come from I am, which is a sense of self with boundaries, uh, able to extend myself to other people rather than wrap myself around them. Um, and it was a huge turnaround. So as I did these things, um, I just thought, well, actually, how could I not pass this on? So mm -hmm. rather than um, thinking, I know, I'll be special by, I'll, I'll, I'll do my next special trick. Uh, life's just kind of unfolded from, I guess, trauma and tragedy into actual brilliant gifts to pass on. And I kind of find that with most people, if not everyone that I work, is why did things happen? What is life trying to tell you? I love Colombo. Um, and how can this be lived in life? So actually, refugee camp was my first uh, home in the UK um, and as I've um, travelled and done things I've realised just how limited I have been, how limited my beliefs and my understanding of the world has been and I've been able to kind of meet different people in situations uh, and get to know myself and just unlearn what, what's not true. So you know the way people say you need to find yourself and all of that. No I don't because that's limiting. I need to just find who I don't need to be anymore and be the best leftovers that I could possibly be. Cool, that's just something already. It's just so powerful. First of all, like, thank you for sharing so openly your, your journey, because that's a real vulnerable thing to do for the, for the listeners. I think that's really powerful. I think the thing that jumps out to me, what you described there, and it's something I've only learned the last six months, to be honest with you, Kenny, is this, that we project inside out, you know, the outside world, doesn't yeah. cause us to do things, but yeah. we like to think that it does. Does that show up in any of the work that you do with men out of interest? That's a huge bottom line. And with, especially with men, men very often need to know any, everything before they'll change anything. Uh, it's like need to be in control and get it, get it logically. My wife's like this as well. So maybe it's a, a certain type of mind. Mm -hmm. But once they get it, then they'll turn it around if they know how. Mm -hmm. So... First step is I have a, a personal discovery questionnaire that people can download and it's, it asks lots of questions um, and from this people get to see what their life script, it's like Groundhog Day, which story keeps repeating um, and to an extent which characters within the drama keep replacing each other 
And it could be a bully from school, might be an unruly business partner or a wife or a child or whatever. Or it could be being like, like I was, I guess, being adored by the women and being a mummy's boy might have me excluded from the boys, mm-hmm. but able to be a good man. Um, and also easily attract women because I'm just used to being adored by women, but it might keep me a little boy and for them to be my, my, the mummy. So it's like, what keeps repeating? Where did it start? It's almost like a very, 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 very quick way of getting back to the scene of the crime is when people find that they're in a drama. And generally, I feel whatever the drama in hand is, is not really what's going on. But breathe into the drama, feel the drama, take a deep breath and follow the feeling. And in a split second, you'll probably get right back to a scene or an incident or a time in life that feels the same. So it doesn't even have to be logically the same story, but where does this come from? And what part of life is saying, give me attention, let me go or include me so I don't need to shout anymore because I'm just trying to show you which bit needs to pass. Where most people use that as, this is who you are, don't try and be anything better. And then they'd almost attract this back to survive it because being in control is surviving the same old story and not living beyond it. So it's, it's mm. kind of, it's really simple to talk through. It's not that difficult to work through. Sometimes it takes someone seeing it from the outside. So the first step is knowing. The second step is turning it around because the most dangerous, um, frivolous thing that someone could do, surely, logically, is living out of control. The object of the exercise is to be in control, <laughs> survive, apparently. Where for me, the object of, um, of the exercise is to be safely out of control, but in alignment with myself and sensitive to what's going on. So I can respond and grow rather than react and demand the same old story. So that shift is, um, I do a thing called voice dialogue, but it's, it's a very simple concept where, um, so with voice dialogue, I speak to different parts of the person um, and I would get them to maybe stand or move or whatever. So they change position and then I will speak to that part. So let's say I was doing with you. I might say, okay, let's start and I'll speak with your protector. And then your protector and I will speak about Gary. Okay. Um, separate part. And the things that have shifted with that, the, the amount of people that have realized things from a different part of them, um, that has, have been running their lives. Um, I mean, to use an example, I had one client who, I don't remember which part it was, well, I do actually. Um, she realized that the reason that she couldn't lose weight and she couldn't get pregnant was an incident that happened when she was a very young girl. Um, and once she knew the incident, then rather than fix it, demonize it, run away from it, pretend it never happened, it's more include it, make peace with it, don't make a personality out of it by by putting it in the shadow. And then everything shifted because she could lose the the baggage, the kind of um, buffer from other people. She could allow herself to be attractive without danger. She could allow her body to work again and she could turn into her own woman. 
So speaking with different parts, one part that is absolutely magical that I find so many blokes want these days is to meet the man inside of them that wants to emerge. And usually there's not that much space for that part because if that person's busy surviving and then attracting a similar thing to keep surviving and pretend to be in control, then with all of that going, having a man on the scene moving life forward is just too dangerous. So the survivor who's been in control since a child is not gonna let that happen. So once some inner shifts take place, then life's, life really shifts. So yeah, simple wow. techniques. It's, it's really powerful because you know, one of the reasons, as you know, that I've put on this summit is around, you know, I've awoken to actually how impactful my bullying was being psychologically and physically bullied, age 12, 13. And I've only started speaking about that sort of publicly the last couple of years. And I didn't have the support, unfortunately, of someone like you there. But what's really powerful for me is what's coming up for me now is I had um, an incident of workplace bullying about 18 months ago. And wow. I can, as you spoke, I immediately can remember me standing there with the MD. I challenged it and said, look, this is unacceptable. This shouldn't be happening. But I could feel what it felt like to be bullied at the age of 12 again in that moment. And I've not actually remembered that until we've just spoken. And, you know, um, a lot of people who come to the group, some have been to, through therapy, some are in therapy. And I rate therapy mm-hmm. as I rate the 12-step program, as I rate a lot of different things. Mm. And I kind of feel that there can also be a bridge from that into daily life. Mm-hmm. And that bridge is beyond the thinking and the understanding. And it's feeling through, not around, but feeling into, through, and out the other side and living beyond it. Because I find the most efficient way to live a new life is to be it into existence. Because mm-hmm. what? I'm going to get an email from God saying, right, it's time you can change now and I'll change the world around you. God's not an email. <laughs> God sends messages and things in different ways. <laughs> <You> just <gotta> listen. <laughs> or maybe God is email. I don't know. <laughs> Which by definition means we're all email. Interesting. What's it been like for you talking about stuff? Do you know something? I, I feel because I didn't I actually went for a therapy session actually around six months ago and I had the one. And to be honest with you, Kenny, she confirmed a lot of what I sort of did know. So I would say where I'm at right now is that I do feel very comfortable that I've dealt with a lot of stuff. I've had coaching. So come up around my emotional suppression around a few things that I've hidden for many, many years. So I'm feeling quite empowered talking about it, which is why I'm doing this summit. So I want to help other people get past their own fears. But at the same time, I would say, hopefully people can see from our conversation now, it doesn't mean it all goes away. It just means, as you say, you're working through it. And actually, if it pops up, you can just name it and then get on with it rather than live it. Which is what I use. And for me, I think that depends on the greed factor. And I'm incredibly greedy. I just want more and more and more out of life. Where if I didn't, then maybe things would simmer quite nicely and in relative control. Um, and I've chosen not to have children. And I guess it's because I was caretaking for so long, so much of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I had children, then I wouldn't be doing the work that I do because I put a lot of time and effort and energy and emotion and everything into my work. But I want more and more out of life. And it, I kind of almost feel like the more I want, the more 
the pendulum will swing in the other way saying, right, you want more this way? Then what is, is it that you need to let go of in the dark shadow? So, or if, even if it's not let go of, it might actually be include or make peace with or allow or not deny. And then I can get more in the gold shadow. And the dark one is almost like the badness that mm -hmm. um, people will uh, pretend is not there. Uh, and the gold shadow is the goodness. So yeah. it's not only I'm not going to allow the bad. So many people, and this, this was one of my hugest cycles actually, is I would do well in, I was in the music business, I was in newspapers, I was in marketing and publicity and various other things. And I kind of did okay. And when it was time to do well, I ran away. And the reason I ran away is I felt at the back of my mind that when I did well, if I did really well, then the next thing that would happen would be that I lose it all, like we did in Africa. And if I lost it all, then would I have it in me to make it again? So that was my unconscious cycle that I was surviving rather than going through. Um, and it, it's like this unconscious stuff totally can rule people's lives. Um, it can also keep people safe and can keep people in check if that's the life that they choose because not everyone needs to be some manic warrior gagging for more and not everyone, people are allowed rest lives, people mm -hmm. are allowed lazy lives, whatever it is you choose, who's to judge? It's not a race. It's like, what is true for you right now? Oh. So, that's my choice and that's the way I did it. But God, to be over things like that has been absolutely huge. That's, that's really powerful. I'd like us to actually step into a little bit around maybe a bit more of your work in a bit more detail. So in terms of what would you say makes men tick, in your opinion, and through the work that you've done over the years, Kenny? Uh, okay, let me see two things off the top of my head. I would say the first one is exactly what we were talking about what's the history it's why why is this person behaving this way why is this person scared of certain things angry about certain things uh passionate about certain things evangelical about certain things what happened in the past to demand this kind of a behavior mm -hmm. so i would say it's what we said before around the belief systems and i would say another big part of that is environmental so it could be were they brought up in a castle or a council estate were they bought, brought up in a boarding school in an alcoholic family in uh you know depending on the environment they were brought up in and were they listened to and if they were listened to then maybe they feel valued and validated if they were ignored then maybe the only way that they could get attention was through bad behavior. So that will become a pattern. So I would say it's historical, environmental, and crazily, the number of, you know, before I, I talked about the personal discovery questionnaire, um, there's also the historical history there. So what's the history of your parents, your grandparents, your great grandparents? And when we get back in history, sometimes it's just outrageous to realize that the individual in front of me is reliving the script of his grandfather or his great-great-grandfather or something that was survived from a different country and it's passed on. 
there's uh, a therapy, I don't remember what it's called, uh, survivors of the survivors of children of the Holocaust, because there's the Holocaust people and then there's what they passed on to their kids and right. it goes down through the generations. And I'm just using that as an example. The same goes for every culture, every race, irrespective of wealth or location or whatever it is. So some, you know, it's like the big question for me is why? Why am I thinking this? Why am I feeling this? Why is this press my button? And then I'd want to look, you know, either follow the feeling back or look at the bigger picture back and see what's really making this person tick. And then from there, it's, is this a survival? Is this living through fear? Or is this living through love? Is this passionate and creative? Or is this more about survival and proving myself that the world is a horrible place and out to get me and therefore I have to blah, blah, blah. And generally, I can't argue with people when they say they've got horrible lives and this, that and the other keeps happening because it's the facts are there. The question is, do you want to move to a different life? And if the answer is yes, then is it time to? Do you want to want to? Or are you ready to? Are you ready to die exactly as you have with your bullying stuff through vulnerability and to trust that there is life beyond this? Because I would say, I don't know about women, um, I would say in my experience, a man's greatest fear is humiliation and abandonment. And that can stop most things in their tracks. Because if there is a fear of humiliation, then I will stay small. I will be invisible. If there's a fear of abandonment, then it could be I will collude. I will do things that I don't believe in so I don't get the sack or I'm not off the team or I'm not off this uh, drinking, racist, sexist, abusive club because they're all I've got or it's all I know to do. Or that no one else will accept me if they chuck me. But interestingly, a lot of men who come to men's groups do have communities, um, but they don't have any real authentic space in the community for who they really are or who they're turning into or even to turn into a man. They might be quite boyish spaces or limited spaces. So rather than tampering with the communities that work and risking things, they kind of experiment with themselves in a men's group, which to me is what it's all about find out who they don't need to be anymore, experiment with that, see how it works, and take whatever they want into their daily lives. And they have found that somehow, discreetly, it can change their communities, it can change their families, their friends, their social groups, um, without taking too much risk. And it works. Some of them just live double lives. <laughs> Some of them have never had male friends before, or they really miss their, their male friends from uni or from whatever, but um, that scene's not there, or they're just not drinkers, or, you know, they've moved on. So it's that authentic space to find out, to experiment, and to take it into daily life, which brings us back to what I was saying earlier, with beyond therapy, beyond 12 steps, etc., etc. And I rate them, but there have been times when I've had to say to a man, um, I, I totally respect that in 12 Steps, a lot of it is about your, your story and sharing your story to inspire others. But here, 
it's about living beyond your story, not making a personality out of the story, living beyond it and passing that on. And it's huge. It's almost like the lights in their eyes go, ching, oh my God, there's more. <laughs> what I love so much about all your work though, Kenny, what you're doing with those groups, and genuinely I'm really interested to come to one, is there's an element of safety, which is that critical part. I think that, that safe space is a key bit. There's also that, you know, this, this summit is about courage. There is something about having to go first at some point, and I think we have to take accountability for that, don't we? Yeah, yeah. And I like um, two ground rules in particular that help with that. I mean, obviously there's confidentiality and non-violence and stuff like that. There is also that you're allowed to say pass at any stage. Mm. So there is no pressure. And there is also the ground rule that says live beyond the rules, which means that you might break a rule, but it's about playing big enough to get some feedback in the group and in life safely. So it's not get it right so everyone likes you, it's get it wrong sometimes because you're growing so you like you and you know you and you've got a bigger you to take out into the world and play with. Wonderful. What, what's been some of your, you know, clearly you've been very open about your own story, which of course would have needed you to have courage, I'm sure. Is there something in the last couple of years that you've gone through or maybe you're going through at the moment, experiences or something at work where you've gone, actually, I'm stepping into that vulnerability again and I'm quite enjoying that or I'm feeling my fear. Can you speak about that a little bit? Um, there's a strange thing going on now um, okay. and I don't quite know how to deal with it. And I'm, I was used to just being there for people all the time. It started with my family, my extended family, the, the women, mother, uh, aunt, godmother, grandmother, and then all the women of the world. <laughs> the um, but what's going on now is um, I'm training more and more men and women to hold men's groups and things like that. I'm getting in the media a lot more. I'm just meeting so many people um, at a certain level, at a brilliant, open, vulnerable, kind of sacred, playful level. And then it's almost like it's gone. And that's the truth of life. It's here and now, um, I will be with, love the person that I'm speaking with or in front of me or thinking about more than anyone else in the world, because that's where my attention is. Where the way I used to be when I was in survival mode and part of the victim club is second guess everything, look for the danger, fantasize about what's going on, um, fantasize about if I do this, about that fantasy, and then that will be okay. And it's like, not only was it manipulation, but it was pure fantasy and a lot, a lot of it didn't happen, wasn't going on, and it just didn't make sense. But now to be present and connected in the moment and to forgive myself about not remembering everything about everyone and saying to them, I probably won't remember your name. What I do remember is the essence of a person. And that's kind of more like, uh, that's a real connection rather than was she called Martha or Mildred? Like, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> what I don't remember, which I think is really good, when I'm working with someone, I will remember incredible details about their life because things will be relevant. So the picture comes together and they can live beyond it. Once we've stopped, I won't remember any of that, partly because 
it doesn't run them anymore. They are not that person. It's just not an option for that to be even um, part of the foundation that they've built on because they've moved to a different foundation. They have the space for a brand new, new life. So why remember that story? So in a way, my, with my memory overload and my people overload and all of that, it comes with a certain guilt because I don't like to be disrespectful to people after good connection. On the other hand, this is unconditional love. You know, just as I said that, I did exactly what I, what I um, described to you, following the feeling. And I remembered that it was because I had issues about um, endings and okay. abandonment. Because I remember after the phone call we had saying, we're going to come and kill you tonight. That After that phone call, no more church, school, anything like that. We were in hiding. We were on our own. And that was the last I saw of any of my friends or anything. And then for so much of my life after that, I couldn't say goodbye. I'd make up a fantasy of, well, maybe I'll see you next week or next, you know, if it was someone from another country next year or in two years, or, you know. And I'd just make up these stories because I had this grief of loss and abandonment and the way things just ended. So now I'm trying guilt-free quite successfully in a way to practice unconditional love um, and it's being in the moment rather than holding on and enmeshment I guess it's not easy as well with social media because suddenly everyone's your friend and you know whether it's um what do you call it whatsapp or twitter or facebook or whatever at least with facebook there are pictures but otherwise everyone's the same font it yeah. does my head in trying to remember which person which. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I, I love your honesty, Kenny. I love your honesty. Do, do you know something, though? It's really fascinating. For, um, so for me, over the last, August last year, is, what you're describing to me was quite huge because I actually understood the importance of presence. And I think so many of us, people watching you and I speak now, will be on the rat race. They've got kids to look after, they're carers, they're busy. I just want to say something to anyone that's watching us now. You did a beautiful thing before we started recording, which was to take two minutes to get present for our conversation. And I just want people to understand, just imagine what it's like on Remembrance Day. On the 11th of November every year, just remember everybody what it feels like for that two minutes. You feel like you've got forever to do something. Forever. And I just think being present is probably one of the biggest gifts we've got to give to ourselves. And I think it's yeah. going to help us have more courage because within those two minutes, if we took two minutes every single hour of our day, apart from yeah. sleep, we could do so much with those two minutes. Yeah. If we just stopped. Yeah. I really believe that. That reminds me of, um, I was on BBC Radio London the other day, and it was a programme uh, about New Year's resolutions. And I was saying, yeah, they can be a good thing. They can also be a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. And someone phoned in and said, okay, so if it's pressure, because it is pressure, then how do you deal with the pressure without selling out on yourself? And my mouth opened and it said time travel. And I thought, oh my God, now how am I going to do that? <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. It's, it's totally true. So I said, okay, whatever it is you want to do, travel into the future, emotionally or in your mind, and feel it. It's like I said before, feel it into being. Mm -hmm. Feel it. Feel how it, hit, how it is for that to be something that's just part of your normal life. And the way that I put it is that 
or something better. Because I remember the days when I was addicted to, this is my picture and I don't want anything else. And this is the way I'll get it. And I don't want any other way. And I was so attached and controlling that nothing had a hope in hell of happening. And some, so much bigger and better wanted to happen. So it's this or something better will come your way. So I said, feel it and then bring that feeling into the present and let that fuel you rather than I have to do this and I have to do that. And as soon as I do this wrong, then I failed. And, you know, all this anxiety that people put into how do I do me better and how do I judge myself in a positive way? Well, if, you know, this is bad parenting, if I criticize myself enough, then surely I'll be, did that work? <laughs> I think no is a simple answer. <laughs> We do it, don't we? But we all do it. The negative self-talk. You know, I lived with it for years. It's incredible. And that's one of the keys that I use in the men's group is being very, very careful with the language. Mm. Uh, because the way that you said we all do it is such common language. But I try and break that down into I used to do it mm. because then I own it and I put it in the past. Um, because if it's we then it's, we're all victims to the same thing and therefore it's justified. So it's owning it and making it in the past and it makes the world of difference because then in the present, magic can happen. Because, you know, it's fine to say, do my workshop, buy my book, come to my group, be a client, but that's not where it's at. If that gives you tools and some insight, fine. But the only time to turn things around is in this moment because this is all there is and as soon as you find you know here's can i give another quick little tip please please so i used to be like i said addicted to the chatter in my mind and the second guessing and the fixing and the working out and all of that and i was never present the number of times that i've come home to check that i've locked the door because i was in my head and not locking the door <laughs> <laughs> so yep. what i learned to and also i realized that I never actually figured anything out. Sure, it helped me cross a road, but other than that, all the trauma I gave, figure figuring things or pretending to figure things out, that just didn't happen. So what I learned to do to break that spell was as soon as I found myself lost in space, and this is the space, I'd take a deep breath in without even thinking to the end of the sentence. I take a deep breath in and as I breathe in, I think, thank you for reminding me who I used to be. So it's gratitude rather than, oh, I did it wrong. And that probably, possibly saved my life. But now it's limiting my life. So deep breath in, thank you for reminding me who I used to be. And that goes into the past. And then as I breathe out, I take part with what's in front of me. And it's as simple as that. No long courses, no thousands of pounds, a breath and the only time that doesn't shift and sometimes it needs practice the only times it doesn't shift is when I say if it's just not shifting then get into that feeling and follow it back then you know where the depressed pause button is where that that part of life is saying know me include me release me then follow it back include that part and then move forward so simple and I made it up <laughs> you, ma you made it up but you know something Kelly get, getting present I think it is the USP of the future 
in this yeah. busy world with on, always on technology, as you say, social media, busy lives, getting present is our USP as human beings. I genuinely believe that. Totally. And adjusting, just adjusting rather than, right, I'll wait until my next New Year's Eve or on my birthday or when there's a full moon. No. No. <laughs> okay. I, I, I absolutely love it. And do you know what's really fascinating for me? This conversation we've had, what we're ultimately saying for me is be more courageous stopping. Have the courage to stop. Have the courage to be you. Yeah. Not trying to be what you're not. And that is the one thing that I believe every individual can do better than every other individual. <laughs> totally. But how many people think, well, if, I, if I'm like him, or if I do that, or that works for him, and then it's like fraud, 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 everyone can spot a fraud at 20 paces. But, you know, if I'm a fraud, then I'd probably surround myself by frauds because we're all playing the same survival game actually and it's quite panicked and it's quite toxic and it's all very doing and there's no space for the being and if it wasn't for my being then i wouldn't have been able to dig myself out of that hole that on radio london when i suggested that people time travel <laughs> you're ahead of the curve kenny we all know it's coming you're ahead of the curve <laughs> look as we look to wrap things up what uh what what would you say if you're going to give one maybe additional bit of advice for people as it, at the end of this message. No, going, again, you're not trying to do, you're just trying to be. What, what would that message be to try and help people just get into that space more often, maybe? Um, as you asked the question, what crossed my mind is the question, is that true right now? Mm -hmm. And it could be whatever I'm thinking. It could be whatever is being said around in, in front of me, someone I know, work, family, friends. It could be the absolute dross in the media and social media is, is that true right now? Because it's so easy, I find, to be seduced into the frenzy of things rather than to stop and think, is that actually true? Um, how do I know it's true? And if it's not true, then I can just let it go and have space for me to take part in life with quality with what I want to create as true and command my life. Yes, um, my life. Really, really <laughs> we need a little hashtag running across the bottom. It's a, you know, but it's such wonderful advice, Kenny. Thank you so much. And I think I just want to just, just you know, thank you again, A, for your wisdom, but B, just your, your raw sort of support and guidance in this space because you, sp you spoke about forgiveness earlier. And I think I've only started myself the last six months at the age of 42 to forgive myself for being bullied, you know, for, you know, having a mental health challenge, for not being good enough for what I used to tell myself. And I think yeah. as soon as you let stuff go and do forgive yourself, because we can only forgive ourselves. Me forgiving you doesn't mean anything. Or forgiving my, my ex-wife doesn't forgive anything. You know, I can only yeah. forgive myself. It's really, really interesting. That's one of the things that I say in the group is, part of being in a group is to, for every man to accept himself for who he is, and then the other men can accept him for who he is, and then accept himself as one of the group, then the other men can accept him as one of the group, and then extend into the world. Then everyone can accept and live happily ever now. And Love also, say, good on you for turning it around, because carrying this bully stuff um, and then being vulnerable enough to look at it and to know it 
so it doesn't own you. And then to pass things on the way you are with this work is phenomenal. To me, that's what it's all about. So good on you. Well, I appreciate your feedback and thank you for joining me. Very honestly, Ken, it's been an absolute joy. How can people reach out to you if they want to learn more about your work or maybe attend one of your groups? What's the best ways to find you? Uh, for the groups, it's mensgroups.co.uk. And there, there are the open groups, the closed groups. Also, facilitation if you want to learn to run your own groups. Also, free downloads. So you can get the ground rules, the check-in round and video. So you can just find yourself another person and start a group there and then straight away. Just take it and do it for free. And then for the private work and stuff, and there are lots of tips and videos and things. That's themanwhisperer.co.uk. And then on YouTube, there are loads and loads of videos. So I like to pass it on. Pass it on. Brilliant. Honestly, you're such a generous soul, Kenny. And thanks so much for sharing your story as well. It's been a joy to meet you. My pleasure. It's been a great buzz. Thank you. Take care. Have a great day. Bye. Cheers. Bye.